They've got the pieces. They've got the playmakers. I feel like that's, you know, the opening sentence of coming out of my mouth in six months from now when we see the Rams, that no team was more all-in for this upcoming campaign. Win now, you know, Super Bowl or bust. Ramblin', your Rams podcast that brings you inside of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. The schedule has been released. Games will be played in 2021, and we are here to share that with you. And when I say we, I mean me and my very special guest joining today's podcast. He's the MVP of sports broadcasting. He anchors SportsCenter. He's a play-by-play announcer heading into his second season for ESPN's Monday Night Football. He's also an actor, maybe, I think. He made appearances in movies like Fever Pitch and The Ringer. I know he's very proud of that. There's a lot of Steves out there, but there is only one Steve Levy. Wow. That is you. Wow. Thank you, Serena. And it'd be great to meet you in person one day, like your best <laughs> friends. I miss you so much. I miss you from our Bristol days. I can't believe you picked Los Angeles over Bristol. That's so shocking. Yeah, Yeah, awful. I don't know if you remember this, but the first time I met you, I dropped an F-bomb outside of my car in the ESPN Bristol parking lot. That That's just... That's my first memory of you. You know, we're, we're kind of from the same place, so you probably saw my reaction like, I don't care. I don't, you know, <laughs> no big, I, I've heard it before, you know, no big deal. Two New Yorkers on a podcast is dangerous. All right, let's get to it because you're in your second season doing Monday Night Football. I just want to know, like, how'd your first season go? Did you survive? You got any weird stories? Tell me you got a weird story. Um... You know, it was a it was a dream job for me, right? It really was, and and I tell everybody, I needed you know, I needed the world to come to an end to get my dream job, right? I needed the pandemic to shut everything down, and so, you know, all you want is so you get the gig, and then you know, you want the music and dun 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 and all that stuff, and then the next thing is, you know, it's the live shot, the aerial from the blimp of the stadium, you know, eighty thousand people, everybody's got their face painted, going wild. And I get it, and you hear the music, and there's nothing, and there's nobody. And Greasy and Riddick and I were looking at each other right before kickoff, and like, it's eerily quiet, you know? Um, and so we sort of had to make our own energy, and, and much like the players did in a lot yeah, of ways. So, you know, our team was, um, you know, in the production truck and in the booth, and we're trying to fire each other up and, and all that kind of thing. But it was, it was odd. Um, we never got to go on the field. Like, just think about that. Never got to, never got to talk to any of the players, or, you know, or coaches. Everything was via Zoom, and and quite frankly, that might not change. I mean, you know, the teams might not want us lurking around their facilities, um, finding out top secret stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, they wouldn't even let us go to the game together from in a car from the hotel to the stadium. Wow. We never, with the three of us and Lisa and our producer and director, we never had a drink together. Never had a meal together, not one time in the whole four months. So wow. it was it was really odd. You know, we're trying to build some chemistry and we didn't have any preseason and all this. And those are not excuses. That's all the reality. But it was still really cool. Uh, it was still great doing Monday night football. It was, you know, for my parents and my kids and my buddies who I grew up with. Uh, really cool for everyone con- con- concerned. And and so now I'm just lucky to, to get another, another season at it and hopefully – you know, we get a real full, normal kind of NFL season, and that'll be great. 
Hopefully you're going to have a meal with those guys. I mean, chemistry is everything. You, you faked it. So it worked for me. I was like, oh, I think they're friends. <laughs> you know, Greasy and I, we had the benefit of at least four years of college together. You know, we do the Broncos games in the preseason. Um, but, you know, the producer, Phil Dean, we've never worked with him before. Jimmy Platt, our director, had never worked with him before. Uh, and Lewis, you know, I'd known from the studio and all that. And, of course, Lisa Salters is the staple uh, she'll be back for her 10th season and uh, no one's ever had a, that long a run on Monday night football on the sideline. And hopefully she can be on the sideline this season. Yeah. Really yeah. weird, right? You're a sideline reporter and you're not allowed on the sideline. So trust me, it's a weird season, but you did a great job and I'm excited Thanks. you're with us now because you are now our Monday night football guy. So let's get to Monday night football because the Rams, they got two on the schedule. The first one isn't until week 10. That's against the Niners. And then Arizona week 14 against the Cardinals. I'm actually bummed that you're not getting to experience SoFi Stadium the right way. Nonetheless, you've got the <laughs> NFC West down pack now. So what games are you, are you already kind of circling on the calendar for Monday Night Football? I'll give it to you straight. You know I will. Um, honestly, when I look at the schedule, and they're not all going to be awesome games, you know, on paper. We don't get every great matchup. We feel very good about the overall schedule. But I did circle uh, those, two, those two Ram games on the road. Absolutely did. Um, when you look at the opponents, first of all, I, I think Arizona is among the most exciting teams in the NFL. And usually when you say exciting, that's offense. You know, they picked up about everyone. Now they got J.J. Watt, too. I mean, they, you know, I'm surprised Arizona was not on uh, more primetime games than they got. Um, so I think Arizona and the Rams is a fun, fun game. And I think the 49ers, if, you know, no one was hit by the injury bug at key positions, you know, where their superstar players are. You know, Bosa goes down right away and all that. So, um, so I think San Francisco is not to be slept on and – you know, Trey Lance is really a fascinating story. I don't know when he'll come into play, if he comes into play. Maybe Jimmy G stays healthy, uh, but that hasn't been the case in two of the last three seasons. So, so honestly, I'm not just saying this because of your Rams affiliation. Uh, those are absolutely two of, you know, I'm looking at the list now. Probably two of our, two of our top five games, maybe two of our top four games. We'll see yeah. how it shakes out. Like, for example, we have uh, Cleveland-Pittsburgh in Week 17 – like, that has all the makings, right? Yeah. To decide the division. But, you know, who knows how the Steelers are going to play this year. We'll see what happens with Big Ben. But that's the schedule game, right? Like, you see it on paper. Oh, that's a great matchup. And then it turns out to be nothing. <laughs> Last year, we had, like, Cincinnati-Pittsburgh late. And we're thinking, that's a dog. Winds up being, you know, an unbelievable game. The Bengals win without Burrow and all that stuff. So, you just never know. And you try to go in uh, prepared as best possible. But on paper – I really think those two games uh, really stand out. And arguably, that's the best division in the NFL, I think. Although people are, are clinging to the AFC North a lot now, people like that yeah. division. Yeah. Not you, Serena? No? I mean, look, I'm biased. I've seen the freaking Seattle Seahawks running around and Aaron Donald tackling Russell Wilson a couple times a year. I'm like, oh, no. that's a good division. <laughs> really good division. Um, it's insane because you kind of mentioned it, right? Do you even remember a season going into training camp where so many things were up in the air? You got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Is he going to get traded? Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Is he even going to play? There's so many quarterbacks drafted this season. Who's actually going to start for a team? And then the one who's locked in as a starter. Oh, he is a first time NFL head coach at Elm. Like, are you not entertained, Steve? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained?
<laughs> right. And that, listen, that is the genius of the NFL, right? I mean, that's, and, and it's not like they even do that on purpose. Like they really can, can't control that part of it. They can control making the NFL schedule release a thing, right? A made for television event. People go crazy for it. I get that. But the movement of the starting quarterbacks and drafting and the coaches, and the, you can't really control that. So the, I think it is an unprecedented offseason when it comes to storylines for starting quarterbacks. And that was the great question. I asked Shefty about it last night. Like, does the league have any insight as to the Aaron Rodgers situation? If, with no Aaron Rodgers there, do they want that Packers team on prime time, five or whatever, six times they got? You know, yeah. like that changes everything, right? And uh, so at our place, we were thinking, you know, the rumors are could be the Raiders, could be the Broncos if Rodgers goes someplace. And like, wait, we don't have the Broncos at all on the schedule. We wouldn't see Aaron Rodgers, you know. Yeah. But the Raiders we have twice early on. So uh, I'm guessing he stays. I think he stays. I'm really not sure, and I don't want to touch uh, the Texans situation at all. I'm, I'm, I'm glad the Texans are not on Monday night this season. I, I think they got a lot of unknowns and a lot to figure out, and I think they're in for a, a tough season or two with a brand-new head coach. Absolutely. It's like Hunger Games, man. And the thing that dropped first was Matthew Stafford and the Rams trading for him and, and uh, shipping Jared Goff off, what do you kind of expect from at least Matthew Stafford now that he's going to be added to this Rams offense? And, and again, that is the NFL craziness that they play the Lions. Like, you can't make this stuff up. Like, Brady Belichick, all right, I get it. You know, everybody's talking about that game. But, and again, the NFL didn't control that. The opponents are already predetermined, right? So the trade has nothing to do with that. You're not purposely making the Lions and Rams play. That's just the way it works out. Get all your conspiracy theories right. out of the no, way, no. guys. The NFL gets every break that way. It just seems to work out, and that is why we all are in love so much with the league and with the sport. So, listen, I think it's a step up. Uh, in Sean McVay, you trust. We know the, the, the brilliant football, football man that he is, so he must think that Stafford can get the Rams to the next level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tough spot for Jared Goff. I really feel for the guy. He seems like a good guy. Uh, I just root for good people in general. And I hope he finds success in Detroit. But I think, you know, I think they got a new coach and Dan Campbell. They're starting over. It's a definitely a rebuild. And those things traditionally take two, three, four years. You know, it's different when you miss the playoffs by a game, right? You got a shot, you know. But, you know, when you're really down and out, it's really hard. And five or six teams are like that every year. So uh, I would say Stafford got the better, got the better of the deal, certainly got the better of the climate. And uh, as you know, more than any other team in the NFL, I think the Rams are all in on this season. And that goes to, you know, not having the draft picks and not concerned about that. Uh, the money is spent, but they've got the pieces. They've got the playmakers. They already had them on defense, obviously, and, and now on offense. But that's what make the, makes the Rams, and I, I feel like that's, you know, the opening sentence of coming out of my mouth in six months from now when we see the Rams, that no team was more all-in for this upcoming campaign, win now, you know, Super Bowl or bust, in the home stadium, by the way. Um, so a lot of great storylines there. Yeah, they're getting ready, hopefully, to play a Super Bowl at home the way Tampa did last year. 
you know, and that had never happened before, right? And now, right. Maybe, you know, there's a real chance. I mean, there's a real chance for that to be two years in a row. And and we asked McVeigh about that last night on our schedule show. And of course, he wanted no part of it. He said, all I know is we play the Bears in week one. <laughs> Imagine being the team reporter, yeah, Try to get and listen, and he's a good one, right? He's media friendly. He's media savvy. Always like, says your sexy. name, right. Steve, and then answers the question. Yep. You're like, I yep. feel important. Right. But he gets it. I, I tried to get him last night. I'm like, hey, Sean, we all know about your memory and the play calls. You just told me you're only focused on week one. Don't cheat now. Do you know who you're playing week nine? And then our schedule popped up. So he might have glanced at, or he probably knows every game, every date. And kickoff time. He just doesn't want to let on, you know? No, he's a sneaky one. That being said, we love Sean McVay. We're excited for that. And the season, uh, we're getting to what makes me happy. Robert Woods getting to rock his old number two. This time in a Rams jersey starting this upcoming season makes me happy. And, you know, we hear all sorts of stories. Oh, I need my number. Tom Brady gets his number from Chris Godwin giving it up. But please, be honest with me, Steve. How much do you hate? players changing their numbers for your job when you get so used to calling their numbers. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little tricky. I'll give you this tidbit, Serena, and I just heard this the other day, and I believe this to be true. Did you know that NFL players who want to change their number have to buy, have to pay for every jersey from the NFLshop.com, whatever it is, every jersey that's already been made with their name and number – and if you're a star, if you're a big-time player, that's probably a lot of jerseys. Those jerseys could be, I don't know, 200 bucks a piece maybe. You have to buy up every one of those jerseys, and then you can change your number. That's what the insurance is. They have insurance for that. Right. I've heard that, and, and I did think about, like, I got kids, and we're, you know, we're Jet fans, right? And you can see yeah. in the background. And so, so my boys, you know, it's been – been a rough go for the Jets and we live here in New England country where it's either Giants or Patriots and so you know my my boys all have these Sam Darnold jerseys right so I got to get rid of those now and they had a Darrell Revis jerseys and then you know he retires and moves on and so you do think about the kids who have these jerseys with the numbers on them and again they're expensive and now these parents are supposed to go out and get the new jersey for the new kids so I'd like, I'd like players to think about that a little bit, that the fans who buy their jerseys, you know, can you wait till you get traded or cut and then change your – or if the team changes uniform or logos, then get a new number. But think about the little people, Serena, like, like me and my kids, you know. Right. You poor – you probably have a Chad Pennington jersey there somewhere. <laughs> I got a couple of those too, yeah. A lot of Sanchez sixes. Oh, man. All right. News for around the NFL. Are you excited about the Chiefs-Browns game as I am for week one? Like, that's like my circle. Like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm glad that somebody doesn't want to talk about the Brady-Belichick. I am over that game already, right? Yeah. Like, so I, I said last night on the show, I'm like, right, I'll be the bad guy. Like, I get the pregame and the postgame hug and everything. How about in-game? Couldn't the Buccaneers kill the Patriots? Like, couldn't they win by 21 and that'd be like a bad TV game, but nobody wants to hear that. So uh, no, Browns chiefs is amazing. Um, listen, I think Cleveland is the darling still of the NFL. Like the chiefs we know about, you know, they're the class of the league and all that stuff or the conference. I get that. But I think the Browns are the darling of the league. They're fun to watch. And uh, quite frankly, I'm disappointed. We only got them once 
on on Monday night. And it's not till late in the season. We talked about it, Pittsburgh. So um, that just shows you that, you know, NBC wanted them and took them and all that slotting. So I think Cleveland's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they've had some turnover on defense. But, yeah. you know, they might get an Odell, a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. back. I mean, so the offense is even better. Yeah. So they'll be fun to watch for sure. It's a good opening game. They got a couple of Rams players, uh, John Johnson, who was the defensive signal caller, and Troy Hill, corner who was playing opposite of Jalen Ramsey. So that defense got beefed up. And, yeah, as you mentioned, the offense could be getting a lot better. Um, yeah. Can you still believe that we're talking about Tim Tebow, though? Yeah, so, you know, I guess I'll wait to see it happen, uh, to see him in uniform. I know Urban's his guy. Listen, God bless him. And and he has been blessed, by the way. But, you know, take your shot and, like, keep going until somebody tells you no. And yeah. if somebody's going to tell him yes, then why shouldn't he take the opportunity? He's listening to a lot of yeses because right? that guy um, played for the Mets. Yep. For- Listen, Serena, if I had that kind of physical ability, I'd probably say yes, too. Like, it's a kid's game. Why not play as long as you can play? Uh, I think it was Mina Kimes who said the other day, listen, if Urban wants him around so bad, just hire him as an assistant coach. Like, nobody would blink at that, right? So, but I think, you know, there is some pushback now, especially Urban's just starting out in his program, all this outside noise because of Tebow. Do you really want that? But... Uh, Jacksonville will at least be – they'll move the needle a little bit this year, right? They, they'll be much more interesting to watch with uh, the Clemson connection, with uh, Travis Lawrence uh, – Travis ETM now and Trevor Lawrence. And uh, so, again, they'll be fun, and that's a place where there really hasn't been any juice. And now, you know, Tebow certainly makes it a little more intriguing. you got to watch him. you got to see, see what happens. Tight end, quarterback, whatever. Just you play outfield for <laughs> – it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> All right, it's time now for my socially distant social segment. We play play healthy and safe here. We're both just a couple of New Yorkers on a podcast right now, and we both know the five boroughs. So, you know, I wanted to throw out, I'm going to give you a couple Rams players. I want you to match them with the New York borough that makes the most sense to you. Wait, can this get me in trouble? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's get you in trouble today. No. Yeah, what could happen? Yeah. I'm going to start with Aaron Donalds. Give him a burrow and why. Yeah, there's nothing good that can come from this, Serena. Listen, I'm one of the few guys that you're going to talk to who can actually name all five boroughs, okay? Poor Staten Island always gets – oh, people always forget poor Staten Island, right? They do. They it's do the forgotten always. borough, yeah. I mean, is he like the Bronx kid because he's tough? I mean, is he is he all business? He's like Manhattan. There are part there are parts of Manhattan. See, Manhattan is special, right? Because it is the the finest, right? Manhattan is the top, 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 the finest, and it's got the bottom, bottom, bottom too. So Manhattan is a a weird contradiction in itself. But I've always been partial to Queens. Uh, I lived there for a long time in my life, both uh, my early stages, uh, after college, and so. Uh, Whatever your best players, I will associate them all with Queens because that is my favorite borough. Although socially, I will maintain everyone should live in Manhattan at one point in their life. I only got there for like uh, like 10 months and then ESPN came a call and I had to jettison to Bristol. But I would have lived in Manhattan for a long time if I could have. Look at your life story. You go to Monday Night Football and a pandemic happens and yeah. then you finally get to Manhattan and you have to move to Bristol. Connect. Yeah, I know. How about that? 
That's a true story. So I go my first night in Bristol, leaving the big city, right? And I'm in the high rise in Manhattan. I'm living the life, feeling pretty good about myself. I'm 27 or something like that. And I wind up going to ESPN. I go to a movie on a Tuesday night, nine o'clock movie. And I'm the only person in the, in the theater. There's a true story. And I'm like, all right, they're going to, you know, they're going to refund me my six bucks or whatever and say, Hey, sorry, we're not going to, the guy knocks on the glass up above, go bing, bing, bing. Are you ready? And that's how they started the movie. Like they waited, you know, they asked me if I was ready. So I was like, Whoa, where, you know, and in Manhattan, you can go to a movie at midnight is packed, you know? So so that was my first introduction to uh, to Bristol. And then, of course, I dropped F-bombs in the parking lot. So that works. That happened. Is it like Cooper Cup could be a Queens guy because he's just a little bit of everything? I'm just going to give you a shaman. Give me one guy who belongs, comes from Queens, or that could be in Queens, since you're so biased. How about Sean McVay from Manhattan? How about that? He I, He's all business, right? Because he is the CEO of your organization, right? And all these see now listen, he probably goes to the Hamptons on the weekends. Oh, he okay? does. He takes the train. <laughs> <laughs> you see, can you see McVeigh on the D train? I don't think so. Hey, take the seven to flushing. I don't, I don't think so. So he's got the limousine out front. But listen, he's got the work ethic too. Yes, he does. He's got the really cool hair. And uh he sort of got it all. And that's that's why I would say Manhattan, because Manhattan does have it all. Anything you can want, anytime, Manhattan. You're right. That's fair. All right. We'll wrap it up with say what, Steve, I did my homework and you got a chance to catch up with McVeigh last night after the yeah. release of the schedule. And you asked him specifically about Rams fans finally getting to experience SoFi Stadium, specifically the one thing that fans should be able to be excited, look forward to. And here's what he had to say. I mean, it's hard to say one thing, Steve. I, I just think the entirety of it all and you know, the magnitude of, you know, the preeminent stadium and, and just, you know, what a what a great vision Mr. Kroenke had for such a long time, seeing it come to life. Uh, and then the fans really make that atmosphere. So there's uh, there's not a bad seat in the house. The detail from top to bottom is unbelievable. And I uh, can't wait to have that thing rocking when we open against the Bears in week one on Sunday night football. Very Sean McVay answer. Couldn't nail down just one thing, <laughs> but he answered the question. So I will put this question at you. What is the one thing that Rams fans should look forward to at SoFi Stadium this season? Serena, so I, and again, look, look, coach is probably not around the concession stand. So maybe he doesn't go up to the 400 level or in the <laughs> suites or whatever. So that's probably an unfair question by me. Uh, I was taken aback by the fact that there really is no, there are no outside walls. Like it's open-ended on the two sides. And that is very unique, yeah. right? That the breeze will actually go through the stadium, which is really cool. Uh, I'm not sure everybody gets that. I probably didn't do a great job of explaining it either, but you know what I mean. I do. And when you see that for the first time, you're like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And that's not going to work in a lot of places. But it's, it's perfect for Southern California, obviously. Uh, the booth is luxurious, I will point out. Really. And we went to Vegas last year. I was like, wow, how does it get any better than this? And then we just went to SoFi Stadium. You're like, wow. And it was yeah. twice the price. So We're neck and neck with, with uh, New Vegas Stadium there? They have bottle service now, as you probably heard. In Vegas. Yeah, I heard you talk about it. So sweet. So, you know me, I'm all about the bottle service DJ. Because I'm a huge club guy. Let's go to the club. Yeah. 
You and your Jets fans. All right, well, I'll give you that. I'm excited to see you finally. Hopefully we get to see each other this season. Um, And bada bing, bada boom. What could be more exciting than actually seeing the Rams in person at SoFi Stadium in 2021? Make sure you can purchase your season tickets. Go to therams.com slash 2021. And for single ticket games, you can go to therams.com slash single game tickets. Easy as that. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. And stay safe and healthy, my friend. Serena, you're the best. I miss you. I'll see you soon.